It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now, we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Hey, Star! 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 The San Jose Sharks proudly present Sharks Hockey Digest. Here's your host, Dan Rusinowski. Hello, Sharks fans. I'm Dan Rusinowski. Welcome this May the 8th to our Draft Lottery Reaction Show. In a few moments, Drew Amanda will be coming on the air to join us. And we'll also have General Manager Mike Greer to chat about what just happened and what the future lies for the Sharks as far as the National Hockey League draft for 2023 is concerned. And of course, just minutes ago, we heard the announcement from Bill Daly. The number four overall selection in the 2023 NHL draft belongs to the San Jose Sharks. And so the San Jose Sharks do not move whatsoever in the National Hockey League draft. They were fourth before it all started, and they are in the mix for an outstanding hockey player to join the San Jose Sharks organization. Speaking about joining us, we're going to have Drew Remenda coming in in just a second as uh, he is in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. And Drew is obviously very intimately involved in all of the reaction north of the border right now to see what happened. Uh, Chicago Blackhawks ended up winning the draft, and here is how the first two picks were announced. The first overall selection in the 2023 NHL draft belongs to the Chicago Blackhawks. Number two, the Anaheim Ducks. And so the Anaheim Ducks, with the worst overall record in the National Hockey League, popped down one spot, and that means the Columbus Blue Jackets will be drafting third overall. Drew, hopefully you can hear me from north of the border. Uh, This is a big, big day for the San Jose Sharks organization. We're going to have Mike Greer on in just a couple of minutes to talk about it. We'll also talk to Craig Button from TSN about his reactions uh, to what lies ahead for the Sharks. But first of all, what's your reaction? Um, my reaction is overall, when you look at it, first of all, they rattled right through. I was impressed with that, but they had a, a game to get to. When you look at uh, what the Chicago Blackhawks challenges is to put players around Connor Bedard. They're, they're good on the blue line. They've got a good pipeline. They've got a lot of picks in this, this draft, a couple in the first, a bunch in the second. They do have some good young forwards. Defensively, they're very good. But Connor Bedard is going to have to be that foundation like Kane and Taves were to build that team into a Stanley Cup contender. It's kind of really, uh, to me, it's really interesting. The Chicago Blackhawks in their glory years have two generational players come into their organization in Kane and Taves. And they took him to the highest heights of possible winning Stanley Cups, three of them. And now they get this young man. From all reports, and we, everybody around here in Saskatchewan especially, um, you look at Connor Bedard as maybe being that generational player like we've seen with Connor McDavid. The interesting thing to me, Danny, is, you know, you know as well as I do, and our good friend Brett Hedekin talks about the fact that the NHL is a cruel league. It's hard to be great in this league. And Connor Bedard is one of those young men who seems to be doing everything 
from his upbringing to his preparation to to his play to do everything to try to be great. But the NHL has a way of kicking you in the tail and, you know, saying, not quite yet, kid. He's going to need some help. But it's a great day for the Chicago Blackhawks. Good day for the San Jose Sharks, too. They didn't drop. The top five, six, seven picks are really good in this NHL uh, draft year. You're going to have some interesting choices, and we'll get to talk to Mike in a minute. But also, I, I'm wondering about this, Danny. Connor Bedard growing up in Vancouver, at the time when Vancouver was challenging the Chicago Blackhawks, and everybody who was a Vancouver Canucks fan hated the Chicago Blackhawks, I'm really going to be interested to hear Connor Bedard's um, thoughts about joining the Blackhawks, especially when he was a young man in Vancouver, watching the Canucks, watching the Canucks lose to the Blackhawks all the time. Well, that's certainly something to think about, and we are very privileged to have joining us on the Sharks Audio Network, the general manager of the San Jose Sharks, Mike Greer. And as it turned out, Mike, a little anticlimactic. You're in the same exact identical spot that you were in uh, to start the draft, but uh, what's your general reaction on, on this great day? Well, I think we're, we're pretty excited that we're going to get a, a really good hockey player at four. Um, you know, I think we... There was a good chance that maybe we could have uh, slid down and dropped down a few spots, but, you know, I think we're happy. You know, obviously we didn't get the number, move up to number one, but I think we're, we're pretty happy with the player we're going to get up for. Obviously, there are a lot of discussions about the top four picks, but this is a, a draft that's much, much more deep than that, isn't it? Yeah, there's a lot of, lot of good players, a lot of, especially on the offensive side, there's a lot of uh, depth up front and a lot of talent, a lot of skill, so... Um, you know, I think our scouts have really done a good job putting in a lot of work and a lot of time on the road. So, um, you know, we're, we're excited to, to have four and then have a, another pick later. What's one of Mike, the things that you oh, let let Drew jump in? Go ahead. Bruce. Sorry, sorry about that, Danny. Mike, when when you're drafting now at this level at, at number four, are, are there positions that you need to fill first? No, I think I think we're going to just go with best player available really um you know this is this is someone i think we're going to look for to be kind of a uh core piece for us for a long time and a cornerstone of the organization so um whether that's a forward or d we'll we'll have to see as we finish up our meetings here over the next couple months but it's um you know it's a it's not a not a draft for need spot i think it's just get the best player available well, best player available, best athlete, etc. cetera. Uh, what are the characteristics, if you were to crystallize them down, as to what makes a great San Jose Shark? Well, I think we want players that love to play the game, um, you know, compete hard night in and night out. I think that's, I think that's kind of the foundation of what we want the Sharks to be, a, a team that competes hard every night, um, loves to play the game, whether it's, you know, a game at, 7 and 8 a.m. in the morning or at midnight? You know, we want guys who are going to show up and play hard. Mike, um, we see during this time, and you know, we're always looking at the draft rankings in various media outlets, and players rise and fall. Is Does that have any bearing on how your scouts are talking? Um, do players rise and fall after discussions within the group? Oh, for sure. Um, you know, I think if you looked at our list when we had our midterm meetings here in January compared to where our list is now, um, there's a lot of guys who have moved up, but there's also, you know, an equal amount of guys who have kind of dropped down the list. So, um, you know, it's a long season. It's a difficult season for these players. Um, there's a lot of pressure on them, but, um, you know, they move up, they move down, and uh, at the end of the day, it's our, our job to kind of mesh the two together and, and find out what the player really is. 
with with the way the league is going now and the way we see the playoffs and how we see the league, it's such a game of quickness now and it's not nearly as as heavy. Are there certain things and going kind of back to what Danny talked about and what you're talking about, love to play the game, yes, but the physical attributes, are there some for you that are more important now than, say, there would have been 10 years ago? Um, I think... To be able to play with pace um, is definitely something that come, has come into the game a little bit more over the years. I know you had, uh, you know, the Blues and the Kings that kind of won cups being real heavy, hard to play against teams. But I think, like you said, when you're watching the, the playoffs now, it's just up and down. you got to be able to skate and play fast. So I think that's one of the things that's kind of changed and kind of evolved with the game a little bit over the years. There's, uh, along with the rule changes, you got to be able to skate and play fast. There's always options uh, with whatever you have available at the draft. And one of the things that you did over the course of the season is show that you're not going to hesitate in uh, making a move that's going to make the organization better. As you look at your first year, including the Timo Meyer trade, where you picked up a lot of great prospects and another first round draft pick in this upcoming draft. How do you feel about the way the first year went and uh, how much progress do you think you've made? Yeah, I think overall uh, the year went oh, went okay. You know, obviously our record wasn't what we we had hoped to be uh, to start the season, but I think we accomplished a lot of things we wanted to do going into the going into the year. I think uh, Quinny did a good job with the guys with the guys, and we kind of were able to change the culture in the room. I think the guys did a good job competing and playing hard every night. Um, and I think we did have we knew we wanted to address um, you know our prospect pool, kind of make that um, deeper and stronger. And I think. I think we did that. So now we have a couple picks here um, in the first round and an early pick in the second round here where we hopefully we can find a couple, few more players to uh, add to the core and be building blocks for us as we move forward. Mike, are you expecting your first round picks, especially this number four pick, to be able to step into the NHL right away? I'm, I'm not expecting it. I mean, we'll have to see how it goes. I think it's a, it's a difficult league. I think, um, you know, it's kind of transitioned to a lot of where a lot of these kids getting picked early expect to go and play in the league right away, but it's, it's a tough league. It's a man's league. Um, I think you saw, you know, Matty Bedeers went high, but he went back and played another year at Michigan. And now he's, you know, he looks like he might win the, win the Calder. So um, I was in Jersey with Jack Hughes. He came in as an 18 year old and we all see what he is now. He's a, he's a game changing game breaking player with unbelievable skill, but, that first year was real difficult for him as an 18-year-old going up against, you know, 30-year-old men who weigh 225 pounds <laughs> who are out there to make life miserable for him. So it's not easy for an 18-year-old kid, so I'm not expecting someone to come in here and play right away. Now, if that happens, um, great, and, they, and they're ready for it, great, but it's, it's not something we'll rush. We're talking to General Manager Mike Greer of the San Jose Sharks. San Jose will draft fourth overall in the upcoming draft after the draft lottery has concluded. And Mike, before we let you go, I th- thought I'd get an update with uh, the progress of uh, of the organization in bringing some new blood in since the season ended. You you have a a goaltender, Romanov, a defenseman, Valtteri Puli coming in uh, as free agents, and Ethan Cardwell, a draft pick that had a really good season in the Ontario Hockey League, signed to a contract. Just give us an update on who these guys are and where they can expect to fit in. I'll start with Cards. He had a he had a pretty uh, good rookie camp here. He he impresses with his. Um, his maturity and his work ethic, and you know, we told him to go back to junior and have a great year, and we gave him some things to work on. I think um, you know Tommy Wingle and Todd Marchant did a great job. Our development coaches with him, kind of, 
keeping him focused on things that'll help him be a pro. And it turned out he had he had a really strong year. I think forty two goals, and his team just lost in Game Seven of the um, I think uh, the conference finals there in the OHL. So he's someone we're looking forward to. He plays with a lot of pace and a lot of energy. Um, you know, I think he can come in and in compete for with the Barracuda, then work his hopefully work his way up to the Sharks one day. Um, Romanoff's a goalie that um, Nabby and Thomas Spears have both watched over the last couple of years and are and are really excited about. Um, you know, they think he's he's got a ton of upside. He's big. He's athletic. Um, he's really good at making the second save and and kind of the spectacular save. So. They're really high on him. I know um, some teams tried to sign him last year, and we were fortunate enough that um, Nabby had kind of built up a, a good relationship with him that he chose to sign with us. So, um, you know, goaltending something that every team in the league is trying to improve, and we think we got better at in, at in Georgie. Um, and then Pooley is, um, you know, Val's a, he's a big kid. He's a little bit of a late bloomer. Um, i got to give credit to our scouts, um, over in Europe, Ryan Stewart and um, Tommy Callio, who saw him over in Finland and just saw a, kind of a D who's been kind of getting better and better over the last couple of years. And um, he, when you look at the the playoffs and what the league is, I think you need big mobile D um, to make it hard on guys. It's uh, And that's what I kind of believe you need on the back end. Obviously, you need someone to run your power play and move pucks. But if you can have guys with length and size and make it hard to – Hard for the offensive players. I think it's it's a huge plus, and I think Val has that. He's uh, he's re- got already got a real solid foundation defensively, and um, he's got a big body and can and uh, can make plays. But he's um, he's someone I think we're all looking forward to seeing over here in North America. Any final thoughts, Drew? Well, I think it's I think the one thing that we see we see with these teams coming up and your plan, Mike. The teams that are now in the Stanley Cup playoffs or in that second and third, you know, third and eventually fourth rounds. It is all about development now, drafting and development. There are no shortcuts, are there, to getting a team that can have a chance to win the Cup? Oh, absolutely not. Um, you can't You can't skip steps. Um, I know when I played and even, you know, before that, the league was not a developmental league. You know, I think a lot of your third and fourth line players were kind of older NHL vets, and, you know, guys were kind of expected to pay their dues in, the, in yeah. the minors and things like that. But now it's, you know, you look at these, the bottom six and even some of the top lines, like we mentioned Berniers earlier, there's guys on their entry-level contracts and in a flat-cap world, you need cheap young players to produce and play well for you. So um, we have to develop them, we have to draft well, and then develop them and, and make them hopefully become core pieces of the Sharks. Mike, this is a really exciting day for the Sharks organization. Uh, your fourth overall pick is certainly a place that the Sharks haven't been for a long, long time. We wish you the best of luck with that. We know there's a lot of considerations that get in there. You want to take the best player available, and there still could be some drama, couldn't there, depending on what the first three teams do? Yeah, well, I think we know we know what Chicago will do. But... <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, two or three, I'm sure... Um... You know, it's probably a little bit of a toss-up. So, we, you know, going in there, we'll we'll have a plan of, of guys we want and guys that we hope to get. But, you know, I think we're excited that we're going to get a really good hockey player. Mike Greer, thanks a lot for joining us. Right, thanks for having me. That's Mike Greer, the general manager of the San Jose Sharks, who is with us on this live reaction show. And Drew Amenda and I will be back in just a moment right after this on the San Jose Sharks Audio Network. The Sharks believe in innovation. 
currently at their peak, and so does Western Digital. That's why, even after more than 50 years of groundbreaking storage products and technologies, we're most excited about what's next. From gaming platforms to the public cloud, from connected cars to safer cities, from the desktops of Sharks fans to the data centers behind Fortune 500 companies, Western Digital Services are fueling a brighter, smarter future. Western Digital, a proud official partner of your San Jose Sharks. When you hear coordinated care, what do you imagine? Nurses going viral for their dance routine? (laughs) Not here. At Kaiser Permanente, coordinated care has nothing to do with dancing and everything to do with quality and convenience. With Kaiser Permanente, you don't have to worry about getting your records sent from place to place because our electronic medical records seamlessly connect all of your doctors, nurses, and specialists. It's so easy, you might do your happy dance. Kaiser Permanente, tomorrow's health care today. Learn more at kp.org slash thrive. When you've got a killer lineup, anything's possible. This is true for the Sharks, and it's true for Toyota. Our legendary lineup of capable trucks and versatile SUVs is unrivaled. Ready for what's next, up for any challenge, and down to test limits. Get behind the wheel of a Toyota today and start making some waves. Proud partner of the San Jose Sharks, Toyota. Let's go places. San Jose Sharks Audio Network is on 24 hours a day. Whether you're in the office or on the go, make sure that you download the Sharks SAP Center app presented by Western Digital and hit listen anytime. You can also find us on your computer by going to sjsharks.com slash listen. If it's a game broadcast, breaking news, or a player feature, the place to find it is right here on the San Jose Sharks Audio Network. You're listening to Sharks Hockey Digest on the San Jose Sharks Audio Network. I'm Dan Rusinowski along with Drew Amenda. It is an historic night for the San Jose Sharks organization in spite of the fact that they're not moving whatsoever in the National Hockey League draft. They are going to be fourth overall. And Drew, I thought I would uh, maybe take the opportunity to talk about the possibilities here. Uh, for pick number four. Obviously, as Mike Greer said, we already know who number one is going to be. That'll be Connor Bedard going to the Chicago Blackhawks. And isn't that uh, working out perfectly for Kyle Davidson and company in that they traded Patrick Kane at the deadline, and now they've got an opportunity to totally change direction and go in the way that they want with the next generational type player. But there's more players in this draft uh, than just Uh, Connor Bedard. There are a couple of other guys. Adam Fantilli has largely been regarded as the number two overall pick rated from the University of Michigan. Uh, This season, he had 30 goals and 36 games for the Michigan Wolverines. They were disappointed in the NCAA playoffs, but uh, uh, is it uh, definite that he would be number two? I think so. Well, I, you know, when we show a lot, he's going over to play for Canada in the world championships where David Quinn's coaching team USA and uh, his his performance against um, some top international players, as, as well as NHL players, will go a long way. But Fantilli's got good size. He's a really good skater, um, strong, strong player, offensive instincts. Most of these guys at the top of the draft prospects are big-time offensive threats. So I think he's probably going to go number two, although uh, Mishkov from Russia has moved up in the latest rankings 
to be that two or three spot. But he's a really interesting one, Danny, because he won't be available until 2026 for whatever whatever NHL team takes him because of the KHL rules. I think the other player that's really jumping up in my mind is Will Smith from the U.S. National Development Team. He might actually go third overall to Columbus. You never know. He kind of fits some of the profile that they like. And I'll be honest, he fits some of the profile that the San Jose Sharks organization has always liked. I think in the U18 tournament, he really raised his level of play in the minds of the scouts. And he's one of those guys that we talked about, Drew, where uh, the ratings change for these guys in the last month from all of the scouts that have been watching them because they're playing best against best at the same age. And that's one of the real indicators as to how they're going to be when they're 25. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was interesting listening to Mike Greer tell us about the fact of, well, yeah, your rankings, we see the rankings change in the media. And what these what the media sites are doing is they're talking to experts around the league, some scouts around the league, but also people who follow the amateurs from college to the Canadian Hockey League to the international leagues. There's a lot of work that goes into that. So when they are dropping up and down, that's because the scouts are talking about them and seeing things that in the playoffs that they didn't see or did see that affirms their decision about certain individuals. Uh, during the regular season. So overall, you're going to see guys up and down. But, over, you know, when you look at it, um, Danny, there are, at the number four option, there are going to be some really, really good players the San Jose Sharks are going to be able to choose from. And, and one of the reasons that, that we wanted to ask Mike about will he play right away is because we want to see somebody right away, right? We want to see improvement in the Sharks. We want to see the Sharks start to take off you know, in the direction that we remember them from the heydays. But it is a process for this team. It is going to be a process where it's going to take some development, some time, and some patience. And nobody's been more patient, in my opinion, than the San Jose Sharks fans these last four seasons. They've been great. But we're going to ask a little bit more of you, like the Sharks are going to ask of their players. Well, let's be honest. This is actually year number one of the full change to the Sharks organization. New staff, new scouting staff. Some of the old players are still here. Uh, The general idea is the Sharks are looking for high hockey IQ players that are very skilled and have speed. Nothing really has changed in that uh, regard because that's the way the NHL is these days. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what the draft looks like uh, in this very first full draft that Mike Greer has had total command of the organization. And I'm really excited to see that. Also, uh, Anaheim, number two overall. They've got Trevor Zegras already, right? They've got uh, McTavish. They're pretty deep up the middle with their young kids. The question is, are they going to go with yet another center iceman, or might they divert from the plan? Well, I think Fantilli is the guy, Danny. Um, he's He's got great size. He has got terrific skill. He is. He played very well this year. With Michigan, his stock went way up. I mean, thirty goals in thirty-six games is ridiculous, right? In, in college, and he is—he's six-two, almost two hundred pounds. He has got all the skills. He definitely—he's been number two for a long time. People pushing Mishkoff up there right now, but I look at Fantilli as being the second guy, and that is not a bad consolation prize. You look at. You look at Taylor and Tyler, you look at Connor and Jack, even though Connor's Connor, Connor McDavid and Jack Eichel. Jack Eichel still was a hell of a player and still is a hell of a player. And uh, I think Adam Fantilli is is not going to uh, 
uh, make the Anaheim Ducks sad that he was the number two guy. He's a, I think he's a big time guy that has got NHL written all over him. Not the same player, but he's essentially no. the Patrick Marlowe of this draft in a sense that uh, Connor Bedard is definitely the number one pick as Joe Thornton was back in 97. And Patrick Marlowe was definitely the number two pick. In fact, he was one day away from being the number one pick in the next draft, but that's another story uh, because of his age. <laughs> he was so, he was only 17 when the draft, the Sharks actually drafted him. But uh, right. so now we're at number four. And the question is, what are the Columbus Blue Jackets going to do with the third overall pick? Let's say it goes number one, Bedard, which we expect, number two, Fantilli to Anaheim, and number three, we have the Columbus Blue Jackets. A lot of pressure on that team to make sure that they do this right. They've had some first-round busts, and I I don't want to get ethnic on you, but uh, they had a player named Nikolai Zherdyev that they drafted in the top five a few years ago that uh, sounds, in some respects, like Matvey Michkov. So the question is, is Matvey Michkov going to get selected in the top three or is he going to slide down to the fourth pick and then the question is would they take somebody like will smith or matthew wood or leo carlson who's a guy that i think i'm on the radar for for san jose in a sense because in the world juniors leo carlson was playing on the left wing side and his center iceman was philip bestead who's the sharks first round draft pick last year they had tremendous chemistry and you may remember back in 91 drew when the sharks had their very first draft pick chemistry was on the minds of the scouts then too when they took pat falloon and ray whitney line mates from the spokane chiefs so uh, in order to, to kind of ramp up and get back to prominence more quickly you never know if carlson's there maybe the sharks will have a second guy with that last name and a different spelling in the first round. Yes, spelled with a C instead of a K, but um, Leo Carlson is another big guy, six foot three, almost 200 pounds, can play center, well, is a centerman, but he also plays left wing. Um, he has, to me, when you read about Carlson and you watch him play an in international play, what you see is a guy who defends very, very well. He's a big, lanky guy, right? He's got long reach with the stick. He can create opportunities by checking, which is what the league is all about right now. I think that when you're looking at Leo Carlson, that is a, that's one of those sneaky good picks that I look at and go, hmm, that's not a bad one right there. Now, he may land in the Sharks' lap as well. Mishkoff, again, he's the wild card in this. As, as I stated before, because of the rules of the KHL, first of all, we haven't seen Mishkoff play very much because of the war in the Ukraine and Russia not being able to play internationally. But a couple of years ago when they had the under-18s and it was in Texas, it was set up as Bedard versus Michkov. It was set up as these two guys are going to be the two next two great players in the National Hockey League. So we haven't really been able to see Michkov very much. He is an intriguing player in the fact of he's done very well playing in the K. He's a really explosive, dynamic hockey player. Great speed, terrific agility. But are you willing as an organization to wait two years on this guy? Right. Because he's not not available until 26. Leo Carlson, I think when you look at Leo Carlson for his size and his hockey IQ and the way he plays, I think Leo Carlson would be a, a guy who might have a faster track to the NHL. 
I agree with you 100%, and I'm excited to see how all of these proceedings go. One thing we haven't talked about, Drew, is we haven't talked about any defensemen, and we haven't talked about any goalies. We know the Sharks just signed a goalie, Georgi Romanov, and they also signed uh, Magnus Krona out of University of Denver, two big guys to, to help their depth. There might be some more work in that over the summer, but there are a couple of defensemen in this draft down a little bit later that, uh, who knows, might uh, provide some interest. And in fact, uh, uh, there are three guys that I think are really, really good. One of them is David Reinbacher from uh, from Kloten in the Swiss League. He's an Austrian player, but there are a couple of other ones too. Axel Sandin Pelkula might be the best defenseman in the draft, and uh, we're going to get some thoughts from Craig Button, who's certainly an expert on international wow. play on that. But don't forget the Sharks also have Shakir Mukhamadulin coming in and Nikita Ochotiuk from the AHL, and they're going to make challenges for the big leagues next year too. And let's not forget Henry Thrun, who came in and played very, very well from Harvard, went back to get his degree. I, I think defensively, the Sharks are looking in pretty darn good shape. But you're right about goaltending. And I think goaltending Danny Boy, I think that's a that's a that's a tough sell for a draft in the first round when you've got so many good offensive players. Um and you've got two chances for the Sharks to build on that foundation that they're trying to develop. And move on up. So when you look at goalies, I always think that's that's one where it's a, it's a tough sell to draft a goalie high in the National Hockey League nowadays. But you sure need them, man. When you're looking at the way the playoffs are right now, you sure need your goaltender to come in and be able to win you games. And the the overall aspect, though, as I, I agree with you, I don't think you'll see those guys taken until later on in the draft in first and second round. Drew, I think this has been a, a great bit of fun to do this show, and we appreciate the yep. fact that our Sharks Audio Network listeners are here. And we're going to continue. Uh, obviously, we have some other things to talk about, but I've got Craig Button coming in, and I know you're really eager to hear what his thoughts are on what's coming up for the National Hockey League draft. So stay tuned, everybody. We'll be right back. The Sharks believe in innovating to play at their peak, and so does Western Digital. That's why, even after more than 50 years of groundbreaking storage products and technologies, we're most excited about what's next. From gaming platforms to the public cloud, from connected cars to safer cities, from the desktops of Sharks fans to the data centers behind Fortune 500 companies, Western Digital Services are fueling a brighter, smarter future. Western Digital, a proud official partner of your San Jose Sharks. He scores! The San Jose Sharks Audio Network is on 24 hours a day. Whether you're in the office or on the go, make sure that you download the Sharks SAP Center app presented by Western Digital and hit listen anytime. You can also find us on your computer by going to sjsharks.com slash listen. If it's a game broadcast, breaking news, or a player feature, the place to find it is right here on the San Jose Sharks Audio Network. You're listening to Sharks Hockey Digest on the San Jose Sharks Audio Network. I'm Dan Rusinowski along with Drew Amenda here at SAP Center at San Jose. The Sharks will select fourth overall in the National Hockey League entry draft. They will have three picks in the top 40. This is a very important draft for the Sharks organization. And it's also time to get an outsider's view as to what's going on. If you want to talk about how to build a hockey team or how to look at prospects, there's probably nobody better in the world of media to talk to than Craig Button, who's a former general manager and who also is intimately tied into 
all things as far as the NHL's future is concerned. Craig joins us here on the Sharks Audio Network. And and Craig, this is a really big day for Sharks hockey because of the lottery pick that they have an opportunity to win. Tell us a, a little bit about uh, just about the, the, the convergence of the hype with the actual reality with Connor Bedard and the rest of the top picks. Well, you know, a lot of times the hype uh, doesn't uh, meet reality. That that is not the case when it comes to Connor Bedard. And you know, we 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 go through periods of time, Dan, where we look at different players over stretches of time, and you know, they become impressive for many different reasons. But when you're when you're quality of player, the the type of player that Connor Bedard is. It changes franchises. It impacts franchises immediately. And, you know, th- does that mean that a franchise that wins the lottery is going to immediately uh, challenge for the Stanley Cup? No, it doesn't. But what it does do is, is, it, is it gives you that foundational piece, that foundational player that you can now really build upon. And you can go back to Mayor Lemieux in 1984. You can go back to Lindros, you know, ending up in Philadelphia Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid, and all those teams were not in a very good spot when they ended up getting these generational players. And that's what Connor Bedard is. And, you know, when you think about everything that he's done in his junior career and, and during some very challenging times, you know, with the pandemic and, you know, the stops and starts in different leagues. And, and Dan, I've said this, the last player that did what Connor Bedard did this season was Wayne Gretzky in 1977-78. I'm not saying Connor Bedard's Wayne Gretzky, because that would be, you know, I, I, I think uh, really me, me putting unrealistic expectations on him. But the reason I say that, he dominated his league. Now, McDavid and Crosby and Lemieux did, but he went to the World Junior Tournament against players much older than him, and he was the best player by far. The last player to do that was Wayne Gretzky. So that's kind of the rarefied air that Connor Bedard finds himself in. There are a couple of things that you can be in the NHL. You can be faster than somebody. You can be stronger than somebody. You can be smarter than somebody. You can be all three. That's awfully rare. But in your mind, what are a couple of the must-have abilities that you think a top prospect has to have? Well, I mean, a player, when we're talking about these players, and it goes for the top players, the stars of a team. I think that the hockey sense, the hockey IQ has, has to be exceptional. You, you can't be a great player. Obviously, you need rec- requisite skills, physical skills, but you cannot be a great player without the IQ. And certainly, that's number one. Number two, I, I think that you have to be able to, to, to understand that everybody's trying to stop you. You know, when, when I think about Wayne Gretzky, I think about when he went out on the ice and he scored almost 3,000 points in his NHL career regular season, he was out against the other team's best players for the vast majority of time. It wasn't just that he was brilliant. He, he was out against the other team's best players. So you have to find ways not only to compete, but to outthink them, to outstrategize them. Obviously, you're not going to do it if you're not a good skater or you don't have good puck skills. But I think that, that that ability to compete against the very best and find a way to emerge as, as better and in more cases than not, that, that's what greatness is about. And I, I think those two things, you know, go hand in hand. And if you don't skate well, you don't handle the puck well, you, you obviously doesn't matter how, how smart you are or how competitive you are. But when you combine the high-end skills with those other two qualities, that's greatness.
Being fair, obviously, Bedard is going to be able to step into the National Hockey League right away. And, you know, you could go either way. Mario Lemieux at 100 points his first year. Connor McDavid was a little bit more than a point a game when he played about 45 games his first season in the NHL. So it does take a little bit of time before these talents start to really excel at the NHL level. But beyond Bedard, Craig, uh, how many prospects do you think this year uh, could play regularly and make an impact in the NHL right away? Yeah, I, I don't know if there's, you know, Adam Fantilli physically, is, is, I, I think, is ready uh, to come into the NHL. I don't know if his impact can be real significant right off the bat, but I think that he's the one that's the, the most ready to step in the National Hockey League. After that, you know, I, I think everybody is is a year or two away. I'm talking about the upper tier, Dan. I'm not talking about deeper into the drought. I'm talking about in the top six, seven, eight players. I think they're, the vast majority of them are going to need one, two years before they can come in and handle the rigors of the National Hockey League. And, you know, it, it's not just that you have the skill. It's not just that you are, are capable of, of being a, a really good player in the NHL. You have to be ready for it. And I think state of readiness is is where players have to find themselves before they can make an impact. And I think Adam Fantilli can come into the league and and and, and be a contributor. And maybe depending on what team is is able to select them, that that impact can be a little bit greater. But the vast majority of players, in fact, every other player not named Bedard or Fantilli, I think is going to need a year or two. Yeah, it's interesting to see it. And, of course, Fantilli might even hit the wall at Game 55 because of the college hockey to pro hockey transition that we see sometimes. But, you know, he's got the physical skills to deal with that. But I'm looking at at a couple of other guys, too. Everybody's talking about Mitch Goff. He seems to be the uh, the mystery of the draft simply because of his status and where he might go. But uh, Leo Carlson played with Philip Bistead in the, in the uh, World Junior Tournament. And, of course, that's the Sharks' top draft pick from last year. You wonder about chemistry and if that figures into uh, where a team selects and whether or not they might pick a player yeah i think the more you know about a player and the, and the more comfort you have with a player fitting in with your group of players I, I think it becomes a confidence factor and certainly when you can watch you know what you have in philip i mean you, you're trying to integrate players uh you know with with others that can really positively impact the team and affect the team in a positive way with respect to wins and, and wins and success on the ice so when you already have that, and and then you you understand, okay, he played left wing with Bstad at the World Junior. I see Carlson as as a centerman, but what what it gives you as an organization is the ability to say, okay, maybe we can start him over there on the wing, and then maybe eventually move him into the middle of the ice. And so knowing that you have that comfort level with a player that you already have in your system that you already have seen him play successfully with. I, I think those are positives. Those are always things that can lend. And, and, and I talk about confidence. You know, teams evaluate all the time and they're always looking. But ultimately, what you want to do is that you want to have as much confidence in the player you're selecting as possible. And certainly having a player that potentially uh, has already played and shown uh, the ability to perform at a high level with a player you already drafted, that lends itself to increased confidence. Prospect ratings have risen and lowered a lot in the last couple of weeks. I'm thinking about Will Smith from the U.S. National Development Team coming up in the, uh, in the rankings a little bit, maybe for some. Is any of that to talk relevant? Well, I think that evaluation is, is continuous. I, I, I don't think you can just 
say a player was this or a player is this. You're watching over a period of time. And certainly you go to an under 18 world championship and Will Smith excelled there. That's that's a best on best for the, these players under the age of 18, a law among a vast majority of them entering their draft year. And 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 so when you go there and you perform at that level and you watch the player over a period of time, again, it, 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 you start to see, well, that player now continues to excel at a higher level. The NHL is still two steps above that. So when you, you, you can't just go and say, I watched him once or I watched him at this tournament. He was great. Therefore, you push. If you're going to make that uh, assessment that he moves up a, a, a ranking list or whatnot, I, I think that it has to be based on, okay, where has he come from and why has he been able to push himself up there? Will Smith has been a top prospect all this year. And I, it shouldn't, to me, it shouldn't come as a surprise that Will Smith is a, is a player that's going to go early in the draft. And I think he should. I I think he's got Mika's advantage on Mika's advantage on well, We know what Mika's advantage at does in the National Hockey League. Players like that don't last very long once the draft begins. No, that's for sure. Uh, you know, we've talked a lot about forwards, and I'm wondering if there are any sleeper defensemen or goaltenders that uh, that we should be kind of looking out for in the draft this year. Well, I think the three three best defensemen and the two best goaltenders, and maybe three. I'll go three and three, Dan. I think the two Swedish defensemen, Axel Sandin Pelika and Tommy Vlander, I think they're the two best defensemen in the draft. They're right shot defensemen, and David Reinbacker, the Austrian right shot defenseman, would 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 complete the trio. All really good players, all different types of players, but I think that they stand alone as the trio of, of best defenders by uh, coming into the NHL draft. I think there's two goaltenders that I think have all the qualities to be. Top-notch number one goaltenders, Carson Bjarnason and Michael Rabel. Rabel reminds me of J- – when I watch Michael Rabel play, it's like watching Jacob Markstrom at the same age. Um, when I watch Carson Bjarnason play, it's like watching Jake Ottinger. They're, they're just so good, so much talent, so many – I mean, Rabel's going to need a little bit more time just to get accustomed to a little bit more of that big size that he has. And then Trey Augustine, who's just a terrific goaltender, makes it look easy – not a lot of uh, uh, busyness in his game, but just a great economy of effort. And I think those three goaltenders, I don't think they're going to be, once the run on the goaltenders begins, I think those three guys are going to come off the board very quickly. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. And there are a couple of other sleepers, obviously, that always uh, bubble up in the draft, as we've seen every year. I want to finish up with you, Craig, by just asking you how you think Mike Greer and the staff have done this season in the first year of what's the real uh, building uh, of the team. The big deal, the, the Timo Meyer move to get Muhammad Dulin and, and, and another first pick from New Jersey, kind of the the, uh, the marquee move so far this year. But a lot of little other moves with the coaching staff here in San Jose. What do you think so far? Yeah, well, I think, you know, Mike came into a situation where it was very clear what the path forward was for the, for the San Jose Sharks. So, so there's two things that Mike, Mike comes in with a very clear idea of, of, of what he wants a team to look like and how he wants to try to build it. That takes time. But the second thing is, is just learning about the group of players that you have and understanding, okay, where is this player at? Where's our young players at? What's the time frame from? You have a new staff working together. And I think that as you go through that, you, you get a really, what, what I would call comprehensive understanding of what exists in the organization. And, and, and you have to go through that. 
and and Mike's an intelligent person. He, he he's a competitive person. I mean, he he can be soft spoken, but never ever mistake that Mike isn't very competitive and highly competitive. But I think the trade that they made, he recognized that Timo Meyer and the money that he would have to pay was not going to intersect with where he thought the plan was. Those aren't easy decisions to make, and he 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 made it. He made it decisively. And I think that I think Shakir Mook and Madul and could play in the NHL right now. Dan. I think it was a ter- terrific addition. Those types of defensemen are not plentiful, and I think they help you win. And certainly getting another first round draft pick to go along with a with a lot of good young players in the system. And some of them are going to need a little bit more time. You talk about Bystead, you know, we can talk about Bordelow, we can talk about Eklund. There's a lot of good young players there, Mook and Madulan, and, and he's going to keep building that. But Mike has a very clear vision and idea of how he wants the team to look. And I think that, uh, you know, his, his patience, but his determination will get the Sharks back to the level that everybody in the league he, he saw for, for two decades. And, and it's very impressive. I don't think the Sharks get enough credit for being a top-notch team on the ice and off the ice for that for, for as long as they have been. We appreciate the insight, Craig, and, of course, your time. Thanks a lot for joining us. Yeah, I- thank you very much, Dan. Always a pleasure. That's Craig Button, who is the man behind all of the knowledge at TSN. He's a former general manager, and he was very gracious with his time. Drew, I know that uh, we both respect him a great deal. That was some intense analysis. Very much so. Craig knows exactly what he's talking about. He's got a Stanley Cup being with the Dallas Stars. He was with the the Calgary Flames. He's one of my favorite people in the world, one of the most intelligent uh, analysts out there. And I liked what he said at the end, Danny, about Mike Greer. And... This should give us confidence at being working for the San Jose Sharks and the fans. Mike has a clear vision of where he needs to go and what kind of team he wants. And the the Meyer trade, getting McMadulin, was huge in that. Um, So we've got some building blocks. It does... It is going to take some time. Our thanks to Drew Amenda and to Mike Greer for joining us on the show today. I'm Dan Rusinowski. You've been listening to Sharks Hockey Digest. This has been a presentation of the San Jose Sharks Audio Network.